Hey everybody, welcome to the uh, Prepare to Board podcast. My name is Keith Miller, and we are going to be talking about Eldritch Horror today. I am joined by my guest, Terrence Lee. Terrence, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us about the podcast that uh, you have. Hello, yeah. Hi, Keith. Thanks for having me on. My friend and I, Jared, we have a very silly podcast, the Grease 2 podcast. The 2 is always the number 2. We review song by song the different songs of the movie Grease 2. Not Greece. It's little known, much benowned sequel. And my friend is a super fan, and we are going through it song by song. It's fantastic. So I've, I've had a chance to listen to, to the first few episodes of the podcast, and uh, it's definitely it's definitely worth checking out. It's a lot of fun. So Terrence, uh, why don't you tell our listeners like kind of how you got into uh, modern board games uh, since you've been playing probably. Uh, more more recently, how you got into the games that you play the most today? I grew up playing games, all different kind of games. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Magic and Star Wars, CCG, and even Heroclix. Um, but I think that modern-wise... So we have a, f- a friend that I, we went to high school with. His name is John. One day, knowing that I, pl- I have an interest in all these games, he invited me t- over to our friend's house, Neil. Neil had all these really, really neat games that I've never even heard of before. And, and all these mechanics and all these themes that I never thought of, uh, never even heard of. Uh, I think that first day I played like Dominion and Suro. And uh, I think we played Lahav. And we played one other game that I can't recall right now, but just I'd never played anything like that before. Uh, and, and all those games, they're all different and they made me think. I think none of them involved rolling dice either. Now I think about it. So it really got me going and I got really excited. And let's see, probably 12 years later, uh, here I am on a board gaming podcast. Sweet. Um, well, to talk a little bit more about this podcast. So like I said before, we're going to talk about Eldritch Horror today, but we want this to be a place where uh, if you're new to games, if, you, if you've if you only played games like maybe Monopoly and Clue and Risk uh, and you want to learn more about what modern board gamings can be, we want you to be able to come here and learn more about modern board games. If you already play a bunch of board games and you want to learn about a specific game, we're hoping to be able to talk more about uh, some games that you might care about. Um, so hopefully we're going to answer a lot of questions today. We're going to get into what makes Eldritch Horror specifically such a, uh, a game that's that's that we really like and we really enjoy playing and kind of like talk a little bit about what it feels like to play Eldritch Horror. So Eldritch Horror is a it is a cooperative game, which is something that's kind of new, new-ish in, in, in more modern board games, is the idea that you're not playing against anyone in particular, you're playing against the game itself. And in this game, you're, the game itself that you're playing against, I guess, would be the Ancient Ones. Uh, of Cthulhu mythology, H.P. Lovecraft are these these elder gods that exist in this world, and you are kind of fighting against them or working to solve mysteries, right? That will help you uh, to defeat these guys. And you play as investigators that have uh, different. Each investigator has different abilities and different powers that you can use over the course of the game, uh, working together to use those individual abilities to overcome uh, this threat. So, would you say that's accurate? Anything you would add, Terrence? Yeah, uh, just just a little bit about co-op games in general. In a video game, if you're playing if you're playing side by side with a friend, you don't have to worry about running the game because the the video game, the CPU, runs the game, throws enemies at you. You guys 
do what you do to, to combat the evils and stuff. But um, in a in a board game, in an analog game, you have to. So you're going to take actions, and the game will respond the same way that a video game would. Uh, it's just um, uh, whether it might be by um, yeah by playing cards and throwing obstacles again for you and, and things for you to dispatch and stuff. So it's kind of neat. It's it's if and taken from that perspective, you know, cooperative board games isn't that big of a jump. Yeah, you know what's like thinking about that aspect of cooperative board games is uh, what's really great about that is how you know you get you have to go through that pain together. So you know, generally in cooperative games, right, your players take your turns. So uh, you know, Terrence would go, and then I would go. We'd play our uh, we play our characters uh, and and play our roles. Uh, and then you have to play the role of the the big bad. Yeah, and then the game has a turn against you. Yeah, and so you and but you're flipping over these cards like you guys are actually playing out the villain in these cases, right? And so there's that joint pain of like, oh gosh, like then this next card is going to be painful to us all. This next thing revealed in the game, the next thing the thing is going to do to us, we're all going to feel that pain, and you are playing that out. I think it it feels more you you feel that a lot more than you do with like say a video game or other types of games where you know something is impacting you but you are actually taking the actions and watching these things unfold and every and if and in a good cooperative game right everyone is invested in that moment yeah i never thought about that it's definitely something that one of the things i really enjoy um i think with uh eldritch horror specifically we should mention that the theme is so closely tied to this game and it's something that that i think uh, adds so much more in some games uh, a theme can just be pasted on right it just can feel like you are doing a, a bunch of steps a bunch of prescribes and mechanisms but with eldritch horror the theme is so closely tied to almost everything that you are doing uh, and you have this amazing flavor text on the cards and especially talking about when you're playing the role of uh of the ancient one when you are are doing what they call in that game mythos cards at the end of each round it explains about how all these terrible events are affecting the world and how they're affecting the players and then there's the, and and they kind of tell you a little bit of the story behind the consequences you're about to face which make it so much more evocative uh you understand that you're everyone's losing two health because there's been some sort of earthquake that has shaken the world and 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 so everyone at the table is taking damage from the things that have happened or something like that the first time i played eldritch horrors i actually played with you and what i remember about that experience was like i hadn't played a game with this much theme packed into it you know like was oh, that right uh, yeah like I, I i had played um the, the closest thing i'd played to is i'd played pandemic and defenders of the realm before that which are also cooperative games right but um i uh you know the, defenders of the realm has a good amount of theme but that's not nowhere near as much as eldritch horror which has these you know this flavor text card all over their cards and the fact that i felt like the the, in, the investigator i was playing was so thematic and i actually felt like this you know hard-boiled detective who was you know going up against uh you know these paranormal elements that he'd never seen before um and i was just like oh this is amazing and i think that you played you probably played lily chen right you oh yeah i'm I'm like like every time yeah and i was amazed at like you know her ability right to kind of adapt to the style of gameplay that you need right and i was like oh that's so cool that you have this character that is like her thing is she's a fighter but she's also so highly adaptable and just felt uh you know, typically, like when you have games with variable player powers, like you just have a thing that you can do, and that's kind of what you do the entire game. But Eldritch kind of 
opens you up to be more adaptable over time, which I hadn't experienced before. Um, like you, you get you get different items and things like that, right? Those getting those different items makes you, you know, a different character than when you played that character before, even. Yeah, the um, I, I mean, that's what makes the game variable and different every time. Um, I'd forgotten that I'd introduced you to the game. Yeah, that was a really good. That was a good time because I enjoy the game so much when I play it. I'm in my head a lot, so I honestly wasn't realizing if whether or not like the game was clicking with you. Because I just enjoy. I was like having a good time. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, my my experience is like I yeah I love this, and then my next thought was I hope my wife loves it because I'm gonna need to have someone to play this with. Right. But not even actually realizing at the time that like I did. You don't need to play with somebody you can play this game solo and have a pretty great time although it's still so much fun to play with another player who's you know feeling the same things that you're feeling the impending the impending doom the the difficult roles your player is going to have to make to succeed and things like that Um, part of it too is the the you you um experience a lot of failure in the game mm -hmm. there's just there's no no bones about it uh and and that's a typical like Lovecraftian kind of trope, whether you're playing like Call of Cthulhu the RPG or um, reading the fiction or even or playing this game, like you're gonna fail more often than not, uh, and uh, that's frustrating to some people. And um, it's but for me, it's thematic, so it really works. Right? Yeah. Like the challenge yeah. of this game is is part is is part and parcel with a the theme, right? Like it's. Yeah. It goes it goes along with it, and um, and facing those challenges, again, definitely in a game alone could be frustrating. But facing them together with people where you're talking about how to overcome them, and yeah. even like thematically, like my player has this ability, so he can go here and do these things. Like my player's better at traveling, so he's going to travel this far area of the map and try to do this stuff. Or my player's better at fighting, so he's going to go here and fight these monsters, uh, making you feel even more like your investigator. Right. Um, there's, there's really light RPG elements to it where. Uh, you have to like if your character is good at something you want to do that thing and if you're part of a team then everybody's got to do a thing you know i i think i touched on this where the first game i played i was lily chen and lily chen is a fighter and she she's not supposed to be closing gates she's not that that's not her power oh that's not her speciality but whatever the dice rolls were working for us that day so lily chen could do no wrong she ended up was a gate closer um, but, uh, but in general though, like it, in- the game encourages you because you're good at some things and bad at other things to lean towards your strengths. But at some point you're st- no matter what, either you're going to fail at the thing you're good at, or you're going to be forced to do something that you're not good at. And there's, and there's tough choices in that sense. And tough choices means tension. And for some games, and for some gamers, tension means fun. Right. I mean, and this is a game that typically, because it's challenging, it feels like it comes down to being, like, within the last few turns. It tends to be close um, when you, when even when you do win. I, I guess I have played a couple of games where, you know, you come out, like, you, you have a really easy win, but those are rare. Like, those are rare, and when they do... Um, it almost, it still doesn't detract from wanting to play again, at least in my mind. Um, if this game does have any flaws, well, I mean, it does have some flaws. Like, but what would you say they are? I think one of them is 
I, I get that it's difficult, but sometimes the difficulty, like the more difficult stuff is like, it's, I don't know that I don't know this to be the case, but it's like borderline, like untested, like, Hey, like the designers and FFG just said, Hey, you wanted a harder game. Here's hard. Here's some cards that make the game harder. They're so hard that we didn't even bother. We just made it harder. Like, you know? Yeah. There are there are times where the deck because because you know like the deck can be stacked randomly. There are times where the random deck of of mythos cards or, or difficulty cards of the of the you know whatever ancient one you're you're going up against can be such that it feels impossible like you know very early on in the game and that doesn't change. Yeah. But I find that to be more of a rarity. But I've definitely played those games where I'm like, okay, this has never looked good, and nothing's good. And we're not going to be able to go against that. But um, it seems rare. Usually, like, there's at least a moment of hope in there, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but even even that moment of hope is somewhat thematic with the with the uh, HP Lovecraft sort of theme of of uh, isolation and doom and <laughs> and yeah. and sadness and madness entering into the world. I think I think that would be my main that would be the main flaw I would give it. But I'm I'm trying to think of what else I don't like. The one other thing you've told me before that you don't like about it is um the story could be disconnected, which I would agree oh, with. Oh, okay, sure. Because I like the theme so much, I I would want there to be like a narrative, but a stronger narrative, and for the most part, the game's pretty good. If you're in San Francisco, you might the the encounter you might have might have to say the Golden Gate Bridge, or if you're in Rome, the you know, the card will will say the Colosseum, and not just some generic like oh you're in a tavern like encounter. It'll be like pretty specific. I think that's that's dope, but sometimes though it'll be just it can feel like because it's such a bird's eye view where like a turn could be. A turn could represent a week or a turn could represent a month mm-hmm. and they've got to fit in a quote unquote story within maybe two paragraphs, three paragraphs max. Like you don't, it's everything is ab- abstracted and you don't exactly know what's happening. Right. And so like uh, one of the things I think about when you mention that sort of thing is like there's certain places certain locations on the map you can go to uh if you have certain objectives in mind like for example if you want to make your character stronger if you want to add to their strength attribute you can go to sydney and pump iron like like essentially but like it tells you like if you go to sydney you're more likely to have an encounter that strengthens your character but like what if you spend like four turns just in sydney like working out you know like or whatever it is that you're supposed to be doing that makes your character quote-unquote stronger um but you could stay there simply to make your character in a game a better fighter because that's what you need um it's there's a little bit of disconnect thematically that doesn't really have anything to do with the story or like why would going to sydney make you stronger than going elsewhere like kangaroo boxing I mean, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> right. Uh, and, I mean, presumably, I guess these investigators aren't working on the, the quote unquote, the, they're not on the case 24 7, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, they, they're they still trying to better themselves so they can take on whatever the game's bringing. But, but in any case, like I said, the, the like, the, 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 the story is very bird's eye view. You know, it a lot. It, it forces you to kind of make fill in the blanks on your own, and that's and it's okay. It's it is a flaw, 
but it's hard. You know, it's not a tight narrative, like moment by moment. And Lily Chen is sweating right now from the stress. It can't tell that kind of story. That's that's not why you play this game. Uh, you tell a game. You play the game because you like watching the the red arrow in the Indiana Jones map. You know, he's going from city to city, and um, and and then these are like the adventures in between the big pieces. Yeah, like all of a sudden you're in some random location facing some undef- ill-defined cultist threat that may or may not have to do tie in with the this ancient one you're facing and and what choices does that character make and do they pass or fail do they succeed at, at fighting them or stopping this this smaller injustice on the way to dealing with this global right. threat um, you're in a you're in an antique store and uh, the cashier gives you a tip about where you can find a, an item but he asks but you have to fight him for that for the honor and then roll strength so, just punch the cashier in the face yeah like <laughs> okay turns out he was a cultist the whole time and and the disconnect is yeah and the disconnect is why were you you didn't you as a character did not choose to go in the antique store you drew a card that said you are an, you are in an antique store yeah so. Yeah, that's re- that's really good. So, uh, so that's I mean that's that's some some distinctions about this game. Uh, how would you uh, sum up this game as it's like to somebody who's interested in it? Like, why should you play uh, Eldritch Horror? So, first of all, I'll play. It. It's definitely a co-op game. It's a co-op game. It's not an easy co-op game either. I think it would be maybe a next step for a pandemic player because it's got mm-hmm. the same kind of scale, big world map. I think you would definitely need to be some kind of some kind of fan of a pulp thing where you want to go on adventures. Adventures mm-hmm. defined as like planes and trains and villains and good and evil. And if you're and if you're down with the theme of like the paranormal, right? Like if that in, if that interests you, like if you're like I would like to play a story that's a little bit like X Files in the 1920s, right? Like that it has it has that sort of feel to it. If you like throwing dice and you don't and you don't mind the randomness that comes with rolling, you know, ten dice and handfuls of dice and coming up with failures, and that doesn't bother you, then yeah, this would definitely be a good game. I have actually used it as a gateway game. I know you were saying this is a little more difficult, and you are right; like it's more complicated. But I have played this with people who haven't you know, been much into gaming and they have enjoyed it. It's just that there is, it's a higher bar. There's a lot more rules to explain. There's a lot more stuff going on than say a game of pandemic or, um, you know, some of the other co-ops out there. There are a lot of things going on. If the theme applies to somebody, I think the theme is the main driver and we keep someone interested throughout the game. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I would highly recommend this uh, to people who are like, yeah, I want, I want a co-op or even something I can play on my own that, 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 uh, tells a unique story, uh, even if it does require you to put a little bit of work to connect all the dots in that story, but also has you know just really really good writing on the cards, uh, in, the, in the flavor text, and um, and has like just a, a theme that's exciting with the, these parallel universes and these these creatures from other dimensions that are 
you know discussed throughout the game yeah. and and if you don't know if you like that stuff i think this is a good intro as well yeah for sure if you're like i've never heard of hp lovecraft or cthulhu uh this is a great way to find out like if you like that if you're if you're interested in it so i yeah. um yeah that's i think that's that's a, that covers a good amount of what eldritch horror is and hopefully we've given you enough information to decide if it's a game that you want to play hey, let me just wrap us up by saying hey thanks for uh our listeners out there that have come to check out this podcast please uh, check out www.preparetoboard.com uh, our website where we're going to be trying to post weekly uh, reviews board game news kind of like top lists right now we have a couple of reviews out there gloomhaven pandemic we also have seven games for couples on there there'll be some other games out there coming soon thanks for listening and uh, you know subscribe and like us on on facebook twitter and instagram until next time i'm keith thanks for coming on terrence thank you keith Thank you.